Hello, you are listening to The Dollop. This is a bi-weekly American history podcast. Each week, I, Dave Anthony, read a story to my friend. Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is about or what is happening right now. He doesn't know what the topic is about. Do you want to start wearing a costume for the intro to the podcast, maybe? God, you want to hit a dude? I'll do one bottle. <laughs> people say this is funny? Not Gary Gara. Dave, okay. Someone or something is tickling people. Is it for fun? And this is not going to become the Tickling Podcast. Okay. You are Queen Fakie of Made Up Town. All hail Queen Shit of Liesville. A bunch of religious virgins go to mingle. And do what? Pray. Hi, Gary. No. Nicely done, my friend. No. No. <laughs> 1861. Okay. <laughs> I'm in. Are you? Yeah. The state of Missouri was split during the Civil War. It was, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't Union or Confederate. It had a congressman and senators in both the Union Congress and the Confederate Congress. That's interesting. Yeah. And you think politics is pretty fucked up That's, now. Yeah, that couldn't have been worse. Yeah. Before the war, Taney County was solidly Democratic. Now, this is when Democrats were Southerners and back the South. Right. Right? Because Lincoln was Republican, so it was all yeah. reversed. Right. But during the war, a lot of Democrats uh, left or were driven out of the state. Uh, the areas to the north of Springfield and Ozark were full of Union supporters, and they raided Taney County on numerous occasions. Okay. By the end of the war, there basically wasn't a government in the county. The courthouse was burned down, and the county was in tons of debt. A few people returned, and the Democrats somehow kept control through the 1870s. There he had hills and caves, making it the perfect place for criminals, hobos, gypsies, squatters, and just plain bad people. I mean, this just doesn't sound good. Sounds great, right? No. Sounds really good. No. <laughs> They poured, Wait, what, what, just give me the list of those people one more time. What okay. we with? Uh, so we got uh, criminals, hobos, gypsies, squatters, and uh, plain old bad people. You know, the, I mean, you're in a bad spot when you're like, thank God it's a squatter. <laughs> <laughs> These people poured in and hid from the law. It wasn't an easy place to control. In just one 90-day period, four different sheriffs came and went. What? 90 days. I mean, four. They're not goldfish, <laughs> and that's just because they're just like fuck. Oh, they this got there shit. like for what the fuck? Dude, look, no. gypsies, I can, gypsies, I can handle. The okay. Yeah, I can handle it. I thought you these said, hobos. I thought you said it was all gypsies. <laughs> uh, there was a lot of stealing of horses and livestock and timber. Okay. At the time, the county had an open-range system, which meant pigs and cattle grazed wherever on government land, which was pretty much a sweet deal for thieves. Right. Yeah. Squatters were moving on other people's land, cutting down timber and selling it. This, this would be a good time for Cliff and Bundy. Right? Yeah. This caused a lot of friction between the legitimate landowners and the squatters. How do the squatters? What is the, the how do the what are the squatters saying in their defense? Hey, stole it. Whatever, it's I, over. I think they just finders say, keepers law. I think they just go. I'm here. Yeah. So that's it. Sorry, pal. This is me squatting. I get that it's yours, but do you get that I need it? It's, I'm here. All right. 
guys, we need to work on our argument a little bit. In the 1880s, the county switched to supporting Republicans. This happened mostly due to an influx of settlers coming in from the east. You got to build a wall to keep those settlers out. (laughs) They were all taking advantage of the Homestead Act. And then these new Republicans tried to crack down on the criminals who were running amok. (laughs) That's a funny time. In the city of of Forsyth, the criminal element were open about not enjoying laws. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Forsyth. You got to say, it's at least nice to be honest. Yeah. It's not you're like, oh, no, we're law-abiding, and then you flip the switch. Your laws are stupid. Yeah, right off the bat, you're like, get ready. Conflicts began to arise uh, with law-abiding folk. One group of criminals uh, were the notorious Taylor Gang, which was made up of several brothers. Let us measure your inseam. No. Oh. I mean... I'm picturing, like, violent guy, no, you know. No, there's not... I don't know why... Hold that. your arms up! Okay. Now we're going to measure from your armpit down to your waist. You're not taking my money? Huh? Only when you buy a beautiful suit that we've tailored okay. for you, my friend. I, I could see you in a lovely... Vol- I'm not scared of you guys. Huh? I'm not scared of you. There's nothing to be scared of. We oh. want to take care of you, baby. <laughs> the tailors enjoy... Tell them the tailor boys sent you. Okay. Here, take our cut. Thank you. You're welcome. Stab him. I like it here. What? Stab him. What? Stab him! The tailors enjoyed fighting, carrying concealed weapons, shooting guns on public streets, and stealing cattle and chickens. Sounds like a good fucking time. Their Beats M- working. Their M.O. was to riot into town with pockets full of cash and buy the entire town drinks. And as they did so, they told people they, quote, didn't work for money. When one guy was not uh, fond of the, one guy uh, who was not fond of their nonsense nonsense talked shit about them in public, so the Taylor gang cut out the tongues of three of his best cows. Whoa! So he was talking shit. So what they did was they made the cows stop talking. You know what I mean? Yeah. What did, I mean? Hey, hey, you know how you're fucking squealing? Guess who ain't gonna be squealing no more? Ooh. Yeah, your cows. Ooh. Shut them the fuck up. Ooh, the mooing of those cows. Ow! Ow! <laughs> Ow! Another bad man named Al Layton was playing pool in 1883 with Sam Hull in a saloon. Sam owned. Hall, Johnny. There's a Johnny Cash cover of a song. Is there? Yeah, where he, and Sam oh. Hall is a guy who doesn't take shit. Oh. Well, no, can't okay. be. Uh, so this, they were uh, playing a pool on a saloon owned by uh, Jam Everett. And things quickly headed south between Leighton and Hull, and Leighton pulled out a gun. Okay. The owner, Everett, pounced on top of Leighton and pinned him to the floor. I don't low to hurt ye. I aim to keep ye out of old trouble. I ain't got any weapon about me, Al, and you know I wouldn't use it if I had. So what is he saying to the man? He's saying, um, I don't have a gun. I don't want any trouble, and I don't have a gun, and I wouldn't hurt you if I did have one. Okay. That's translated from uh, Mountain Idiot. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> There's a Rosetta Stone for that. <laughs> Learn to speak Mountain Idiot. Give me that poker. <laughs> Hand me the fork. <laughs> Make wet from the area. Get me a glass of water from the sink. Oh, my God. The men gathered watching 
uh, told Everett. So there's a bunch of men now in this little watching, and they told Everett to let Layton go. Come on, let old Layton up there. Come on, come on, Everett. He done. He ain't none done nothing but pulled out a gun. He ain't down there, down there, nothing yet, buddy. He said, "Go ahead and let him up, Everett." <laughs> <laughs> Man, mountain talk could be fun for days. <laughs> And so Everett let him up, and then Leighton shot him in the heart. Jesus. Everett fell backwards into the doors, and Leighton shot him again, just to be sure. <sighs> then Leighton spun around and shot Everett's brother in the shoulder. I, I didn't do anything. I'm going to shoot him again. <laughs> he said he was just standing there. <laughs> he now got tingling me a non-leg. He said his leg hurts a little bit. <laughs> a newspaper reported when struck... Everett's brother, quote, yelled louder than he had ever done, mm. which was, according to witnesses, quote, pretty loud. <laughs> you know, I heard him yell very loud on a number of occasions. But nothing like this. But I, I will you. be, I, I will go on record and say yeah. that is uh, the loudest he's ever yelled. Well, yeah, I just want to say it was pretty loud. Yeah, well, maybe... <laughs> All right, maybe get out of here because they're looking for things to put in the article. Okay, but it's the loudest I've ever heard him yell. Right, pretty loud. You don't have to quote both of us, obviously. That's how I knew he was shot. You got your word on the news of the thinger? He said, are these words going to be on the news paper? Thinger? Layton then jumped out of the veranda onto a horse and rode off like he was in a movie. Ha ha! What? <laughs> he didn't have no call shoot as I nose on, said a spectator, but it was done damn slick. I mean, okay. R- sorry. <laughs> Read it again. <laughs> he didn't have no call shoot as I nose on, but it was damn slick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think. Okay, we yeah, know I think the last he's saying part he didn't saying, have a reason to shoot, as far as I know. But the way he left was ill. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he said, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Well, he didn't have a reason to kill him, but man, did he leave on a high. Man, hell of an exit. <laughs> what? Talk about an exit. Layton was brought to trial a year later, uh, October 1884. He said he was threatened and just trying to save himself. <laughs> Of course, Layton's cousin was the county clerk, and the sheriff was a close friend. Oh, boy. And they pushed the prosecuting attorney to go easy with the trial. Then they gave the jury whiskey and got them all drunk during the trial. <laughs> that, okay. Well, I will say, as yeah. a man who uh, uh-huh. claimed to be racist to get thrown off of a jury, uh-huh. as I've talked about before, sure. uh, if you were to have a little bit of booze at you know, if you were on a jury, uh-huh. much better experience. Much better. They should have an Grease open bar. Grease the wheels a little. Open bar. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know about open bar. Open bar. <laughs> Shit. Just over in the corner. Where the, are the alternate jurors? They're the, outside smoking weed, sir. God the, damn it. In the corner of the courtroom, there's just an open bar. Y'all take an old-fashioned? Uh, actually, you know, make it two old-fashions. <laughs> and uh, Barry wants a Manhattan. Guys, are you listening? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, 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 I he, got it. Yeah, yeah he did, bad, yeah. No, bad we, guy. Yeah, he's bad. You're, yeah, guy yeah go bad. ahead. Say it again. Yeah, exhibit, exhibit, go for it. Uh, of course, Leighton was declared not guilty. Of course. They at, were drunk and he knew everybody. At the same time of the trial, a farmer named Amos Ring was shot and killed by Newton Harrell. It turns out Ring was living in sin with Harrell's mom, so Harrell killed him. <laughs> who, so, who, like, who's... 
at that time, the bigger sin is that he's living with someone he's not married to. You fucking my mama? I need to take your life. That's how it works out here in the hills. Sin for sin. Um, his mother then went to the sheriff and had her son arrested because, you know, he had killed her boyfriend. I mean, if there were, cops could literally exist in this time. <laughs> cops is filmed on location with the men and women of law enforcement. The good man of Taney County had enough of the lawless punks and decided to form a citizens committee. Okay. The first meeting occurred uh, in January 1885. Thirteen men met in Everett's Tavern. They asked Captain Ned Kinney to lead the group. Kitty was six foot six, two hundred ninety pounds, with black hair and black eyes. Sorry, great decision on their part. What the running, the the linebacker leader? Yeah, yeah. Pick that fucking monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If this was, uh, you know, in the any time later, he'd be playing in the NFL. Oh yeah, because he had black eyes. (laughs) Black eyes. This is not the first guy with black eyes. The guy who shot the guy who shot Lincoln had black eyes. Right. Uh, he had been a captain. And as we just heard, if you were wearing a straw hat, you'd most likely end up with some black eyes. Black guys? Black eyes. Not black guys. Maybe both. He had been a captain in the Union Army uh, and then a frontier agent for the post office. While working for the U.S. Post Office, he killed several men in one incident. The tables really turned on that in the end, huh? Yeah. He came to Springfield, Missouri and opened a saloon. Made a lot of money, and then he bought a square mile of land in Taney County and raised cattle, sheep, and hogs. Okay. All right. Okay. I'll allow it. Captain Kitty said, quote, when I came here in 1883, it was common for men to live with women to whom they had never been married. Why, one old Mormon-like neighbor kept six women. <laughs> Over 30 men have been shot to death in the county since the war, and not one of the murders have been punished by the law. Well, I had come here to lead a retired and quiet life, but I would not refrain from expressing my opinions of such things. And I say these should be condemned, and I propose to condemn them. So we have our Van Helsing? We have our Van Helsing. All right. By the way, the Mormon guy was just being pious. Right. He's just doing his thing. He's allowed to do that. Yeah. He would have a show on TLC. Tons of pony. He's a pony? Tons of Pony. That's the name of the Mormon uh, show. show. We have Tons six wives. Okay. Yeah. The wives of Pony. The wives of Pony. The uh, real wives of Pony County. There comes Jose. Oh, boy. At the meeting, an attorney drew up resolutions which the men signed. The resolutions created a vigilance committee, which was officially named the Committee for Law and Order. After forming the group, they did a little more recruiting and then held their first large-scale meeting Uh, In April, the meeting was held on a ridge called Bald Knob by locals. And the group would become... Excuse me. Sorry. Go. Mm -hmm. Go Was it shaped like a circumcised dick? I don't know. Okay. But I hope so. (laughs) Come on, climb it. Jerk yourself up to the top. We're almost at the summit. Go up the shaft. I'm coming now. I'm coming. Go up the shaft. Down the shaft. Go up the shaft. Down the shaft. Down the shaft. Grab one of those veiny rocks. Oh, God, the ball knob's going to blow. Oh, no. It's having one of its sessions. The group became known as the Bald Knobbers. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Good God. About a month. That's right. We're the Bald Knobbers. That's a really good name. Yeah, we already got jackets made up. 
Nothing to change when you got a perfect name like the bald knobbers. Uh, about a hundred men came at that meeting, and Kenny. Yeah, sp- did they? <laughs> Kenny spoke. He asked them. Shall we organize ourselves into a vigilante committee and see that when crimes are committed, the laws are enforced? Or shall we sit down and fold our arms and quietly submit? The men in the crowd shouted. Which one did they pick, Dave? The men in the crowd shouted. Boy, she pops! Sorry, let's vote again. Just to be clear on which one we all want. Should we lay down our arms? Or should we do something about this? Boy, she pops! All right. Or should we... Okay, so that's one for boy, she pops. <laughs> Who likes the other ones? <laughs> boy, she pops was a popular phrase at the time amongst the Hillfolk people. And what does it mean? It was the one one would voice agreement. Boy, she pops. So they were agreeing that they should form a, a committee to... Stop crying. Sorry, what they're saying is they're on board to form the committee. Boy, she pops. All right, they're excited about it. That's as you what can I hear said. By the actual boy, she pops. I don't know why you're repeating what I said. Boy, she pops. Mm-hmm. All right. Again, they're excited. Boy, she pops. Oh, you can still hear us. Naturally, they decided to wear masks. Hi, I was just going to ask. Are they wearing masks? They used a black cloth skull cap fit over the top of the head down to the eyebrows. Below this was a flap that went down to the chest. They cut holes for the eyes and mouth, and around the edge of the holes, red thread was stitched. On the top of the skull cap, they put two cones made out of cloth, and they made the cones stiff by putting cork or wood in them. So they're just putting on Satan costumes? So the cones look like, hor- the cones look like horns. That, that is, right? Yeah. They used white paint to draw circles around the eye and mouth holes, and finally, streaks of white paint were drawn from the mouth... To the end of the flap, which was supposed to look like a beard. What? Were, were other people doing anything like this? <laughs> or did they just, were they just like, these go up to 11 and just I fucking mean, dressed up? There were other vigilante committees around but this time. were they wearing but horned fucking Satan outfits? I don't know that any of them are wearing horned Boy, Satan outfits. Boy, she pops. <laughs> I'll tell you. The bald knobbers got busy bald knobbing two days later. What? What? One hundred bald knobbers rode into town and surrounded the jail. I mean, the bald knobbers going up against the other guys. <laughs> the they were all armed and they wanted Harold, the man who had killed his mom's boyfriend. They ordered the sheriff to open the jail so they could hang the prisoner. Harold started crying and screaming on the floor of his cell. Fortunately for him, the bald knobbers were just there to scare the shit out of the sheriff and him. And then then they men, then marched off. After leaving nooses swinging around in different places. So there was a message. Point made, motherfucker! They delivered it. That same day, Frank Taylor of the Taylor Gang went into John Dickinson's general store. Okay. He wanted to buy a pair of boots and other stuff, but he didn't want to pay for it. That's a predicament a lot of people go through, Yeah, I'm going to take all this here for time. I'm going to put it around my bane. You okay? I'm sorry, one more time? I'm going to take all this time. I'm going to put it around my bane. Okay, if I'm... I think you're saying you want to take the stuff, which is fine, but mm-hmm. you will have to obviously exchange. No, I'm not going to pay you no more. Right. Well, this is a business, so you don't take it. Boy, she pops. Ta- bo- boy, does she. Take it. Take it all. 
<laughs> he wanted to use credit, but Dickinson wasn't interested because Frank Taylor already owned the owed the store a lot of money that yeah. he hadn't been paying back. Well, there's, I mean, credit. The idea of credit is that you build up your credit. <laughs> when you have none of it, you can't be using credit. Right. It's then just being a liar and stealing. Uh, one of the reasons Dickinson had the courage to deny Frank Taylor was because he was a bald knobber. Frank Taylor lost his shit and trashed the store. Okay. Frank then rode into Forsyth. That was where his brother, Tubal, was in jail for cutting out the tongues of those three cows. Right. I forgot. <laughs> it honestly is nice to hear that that was actually a crime. Because part of me would think that people would just be like, hey, you got to take that one on the chin. That's all right. You know, you can eat that tongue. It's fair game. It's like a steak. If you didn't see him do it, it's fair game. It's like capture the flag. Yeah, boy, she pops. Boy, she pops. Frank rode straight up to the porch of the Everett Saloon because that's where Tubal was hanging out with the deputy. Oh, boy. That's what's known as being in jail, sitting on a... Oh, that's Drinking really... in a, the porch of a saloon. God, I should have gone to jail in those times. Frank rode up and jumped off his horse, and Tubal jumped right on it and rode off. Wait. Wait. That's it. Wait. There he goes. Wait. But, sorry, just to be clear. Yep. He rode up to, like, talk some shit. Jumped off. Jumped his, off. His brother jumped on it. And and his brother up. jumped on and then just took off. Yeah, and then Frank was like, I didn't know that was going to happen. And then he's like, okay. <laughs> I didn't know that was going to happen. Go, Tubal. Go. Go. Um, so uh, the next day, John Dickinson sworn an indictment against Frank for trashing his store. Okay. Frank was indicted, and the Taylors were not big on this sort of thing. With what, the law? Snitching and talking right. about people. Right. And they showed up at Dickinson's store with a bullwhip, looking to horsewhip Dickinson for snitching. Snitches get horsewhippings. It must be terrifying. If you're him, to be like, oh, God, it's the Taylors. And then be like, oh, God, at least they're not armed. Oh, God, that's a whip. Oh, that's a whip. Oh, God, they are. Ah! Oh, God. Oh, that's oh, a whip. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, John Dickinson was seated on a bench out front, and Frank strolled over and sat down. Howdy, he oh. said. Can you imagine the hairs on the back of your neck? You're like, oh, yeah. oh, Hi, howdy. Howdy, uh, replied Dickinson. Frank then grabbed Dickinson by the throat and pulled out a gun. He put the gun against Dickinson's mouth and fired. Oh. The ball knocked out four teeth and passed out through the neck. Oh, my God. What? Frank then shoved Dickinson to the floor and shot him in the right shoulder. Dickinson fainted. From the shoulder shot? Well, I'm sure from all of it. Cumulative. Yeah. I think okay. I think it built. Still, he gets shot through your neck, and then you're like, oh, the shoulder. I hate blood. Oh, mercy. Oh, my stars. Oh, the vapors. Meanwhile, two of his brothers were shooting at Mrs. Dickinson. Cool. They shot off one of her fingers and grazed her neck. (laughs) Mm, That's tough. That's tough. That's tough. She, too, then fainted. She has every right to faint. Yeah, at that point. When you look down and you're missing a finger. You've just seen that dude get shot through the fucking face oh, on the shoulder. Yeah. And then that you dude, lose... your husband. Yeah, sorry. That dude, <laughs> that dude got shot through the face and shoulder. That's your husband. Oh, my. Oh, my. I misses that dude. Uh, the tellers then rode off thinking they had killed both the Dickinsons, but they had not. Oh. A week later, the tellers sent a message saying they wanted to surrender because of all the bald knobber activity. Right. <laughs> In return, they wanted to be guaranteed protection f- uh, from the bald knobbers. And the, well, the, sheriff, the sheriff agreed. Okay. All right. The Taylor boys were locked in the county jail. That evening. Which meant that they got to go drink. Yes. Yeah. 
That evening at 10 p.m., 75 masked and armed bald knobbers rode their horses into the public square. Two head sledgehammers. After about six ineffectual hits with the sledgehammer, Captain Kinney couldn't take it anymore, and he grabbed the sledgehammer and smashed the lock off himself. <laughs> Strong man got this. So two dudes with sledgehammers were supposed to break them out. They're smashing away. They're smashing away. And the like, it's at the point. It would be like when you're like someone's like christening a boat or something, and it's like they've hit the champagne on it like ninety yeah. times. Yeah, you're like at this point, I just just end this can shit. We, can I grab? Can I have the hammer? Please give me the goddamn hammer. Meanwhile, inside the tailors heard all the banging and understood quickly what was happening. They screamed for help. The entire village could hear them, but no one was stupid enough to come out and take on the bald knobbers. I mean, honestly, who would? Who? What would you? Yeah. The bald knobbers entered Taylor's cell, and the tailors were now crying and screaming and cowering under their bunks pressed up against the wall. They were dragged out, clawing at boards and anything else they could grab hold of. The rail of one bunk was torn away in Frank Taylor's hands. Wow. Outside, the tailors were put on horses and taken up the road about two miles. For a nice jaunt? Well, this was because they had to ride about two miles to find a tree with limbs strong enough to hold the weight of the men. Because they wanted them to climb it? (laughs) Have fun, fellas. There's your your tree climbing tree we told you about. That'll teach you. They found a tree, and the Taylor boys were hung. It took about 15 minutes for them to stop twitching and moving about. The next morning, the hung men were found. On Tubal Taylor was a sign made out of cardboard that read, Beware, these are the first victims of the wrath of outraged citizens. More will follow. Signed, the bald knobbers. Oh, I shouldn't sign that shit. We here, girl. Boy, she pops. Boy, she pops. The name bald knobbers instantly became a terror in the countryside. Mothers would tell their children to obey them or the bald knobbers would come for them. So mothers were really like awful, sweet awful. And, and affectionate awful towards their children. Because those are real psychopaths. Yeah. Yeah, at least like, you know, the boogeyman or the man under your you bed know is those like... those men who hung that kid? They're coming for you. I've seen them around. Eat your peas or those actual real people that are around here will come and kill you. <laughs> you ain't safe. <laughs> Eat your peas. I'm eating my, my peas. I'm eating my peas. The bald knobbers talked to people without revealing who they were. They learned most in the town were pro the Taylor boys lynching. And hardly anyone wanted to see the bald numbers prosecuted. So because of their disguise, they're, I mean, they're, they're like KKK-esque in a way because yeah. nobody really knows. No one knows who they are. Who they are. Yeah. So you're just able to walk around town yeah. sort of just chewing the fat. Someone will be like, well, I don't know who the bald numbers are, but I'll tell you one thing. I'll support what they did. And then the bald numbers are like, noted. Noted, friend. Yeah. Friend. Um, men joined the bald numbers just for self-preservation. More and more men joined up. Even three Methodist, two disciple, and two Baptist preachers joined. Okay. Their numbers swelled to over 300. Soon you had to take one side or the other in the bald knobber fight. You were either for him or against him. You're either a knobber or a pussy. Yeah. And Kenny was the big warlord of the area. Okay. The Taylor family were scared straight. The Taylor parents, Francis and Matilda Taylor, moved the rest of the family to nearby Lawrence County. And Brother William Taylor, enrolled in Marionville College, joined the Methodist Episcopal Church and started teaching Sunday school. It's a different uh, lifestyle. That's kind of like uh, the Witness Protection Program. He's the first scared straight guy in America. (laughs) (laughs) The bald knobbers began starting new chapters in other parts of southwest Missouri. 
Uh, Nat Kinney organized Bald Knobbers in Douglas County and neighboring Christian County. Joseph Walker was the leader in Douglas County, and his brother, David Walker, was the leader in Christian County. The notorious group among uh, the most notorious group amongst these three was the Christian County group. They had tough rules. A member in the Christian County was told that there were only two ways to get out. One was at the muzzle of a gun and the other at the end of a rope. <laughs> what? Uh, sorry. Well, <laughs> it's the only way to leave. So uh, I guess don't leave <laughs> is your message. Yep. Awesome. Or no, you can leave. Just hanging, swinging, all dead and nothing. Or, or you know, just not no life or nothing. Just take a shot right in the old face. Then you're out. Free to go. Right. Yep. Probably stick around. Okay, good then vibe. you're get a, a nice, good bald knobber. Get a nice vibe from everybody. Why don't you give me a little bald knobbing? Sure. You know what this group is about? Ah. <sighs> yep. Put her in your mouth. I think I do want to leave. The Christian County bald knobbers were also looking to eradicate vice. The railroad town of Chadwick was a problem because of saloons and gambling houses. Because of what in gambling houses? Saloons. Saloons and gambling houses. About 100 bald knobbers entered town after midnight one evening and started raiding saloons. They broke open barrels of whiskey and started pouring it out. But the people of the town were super not into whiskey being poured out, and they started shooting at the bald knobbers. See, this is where the bald knobbers would lose me, too. I right, like, I'm out. I like, I like the idea that there's a group that's standing up for what's right. Yeah, killing murderers. Yeah, kill, yeah killing murderers, you know, sending a message that we, we won't take this shit. Right. But the second that you're just going into, I mean, it's, you know, when you're yeah, bearing the, the Christian torch. What did the whiskey do to you? Yeah, the whiskey didn't do anything. I will say, though, it's like a fucking like, piece of shit degenerate. Those are the greatest days when you could just suck on a wood floor, just be like sucking whiskey oh. out of like, you know what I mean? And they'd be like, Terry, come on, I'm going to charge you for that. Keep Boy, she popped. Boy, she done popped. Only one man was injured, though, in the shooting, a bald knobber. Okay, cool. The Taylor family may have been the first to flee, but they were far from the last. Over the next months, many others left the counties. It is believed hundreds took off. The bald knobbers called their actions warning out. Warning out. Quote, many a man who had come to attentive to a neighbor's wife. Uh Uh-huh. Or killed the neighbor's hog would suddenly be a model of good behavior upon finding a neat bundle of hickory sticks. On his front door some morning. That was a sign of the bald knobbers. The number of sticks represented the number of days the victim had to depart before they would pay him a return visit. In the occasion instances where the man failed to heed the warning, the switches were brought. At this time, uh, they were not left at the man's door, but used on him. Okay, so um, okay, so they're definitely not fucking around. So you steal a pig or you fuck a lady's wife yeah or you steal a wife and fuck a pig right either yes that's also very objectionable offenses Thank then you. then you get uh, you get a little a little, package. little care package <laughs> care package sticks well you gotta think bob knobber's been here girl you gotta think like in a way like you know, there's probably like almost intern bald knobbers who are working yes. their way up. They maybe drop off these little bundles. It's easy to potentially put the bundle on the wrong porch. Yes. And then 14 days later, like a bunch of bald knobbers show up to your house. They're like, you ignored that? And you're like, I, I, I didn't never got it. I didn't get that. Oh, yeah. You think you can ignore that shit? No, I didn't get it. You see these? No. Turn around. What the? Stick it out. Stephen Whiteboy's got to shout. Hit him. <laughs> <laughs> 
warnings also came in the form of a nighttime visit by a group of writers to someone's home. William H. Pruitt got a note. Pruitt, you have fooled with the wrong end of the mule. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I mean, like, uh, keep going. I mean, so he's just basically saying, Pruitt, you tried to fuck a horse in the ass. No, I think they're saying, you tried to fuck a mule in the face. Oh, right? If If you mess with the wrong end of the mule... Well, I would say the well, wrong end of the mule not... because of kicking would be the back end. Oh, uh, you might be right. But regard, yeah. So it must be that. So they're saying you were. They're trying saying to... like you played with fire. You played with the butthole, right? You <laughs> you played with the butthole and you got burned, sir. You played with the mule hole and you got burned. Hey, hey, we were talking about maybe get over here. We were talking about yeah. maybe refining the way we say that. Just say you mess with the wrong end of the mule. Yours is graphic. You you mess with the dirt end of the mule hole, sir. See, I okay. I think it's hole that's throwing us off for okay. a little. You're really jamming hole in there. Pardon you mess me. with the butt area of the horse thing. Warmer. Better. Closer. <laughs> We're closer. We're getting closer. You mess with the sweet bottom of that big hairy creature right there. Poetic. I like actually where you're headed. You're really punching up nice. <laughs> he was told he had 30 days to leave the county. The note contained a picture of a tree with a noose hanging from it. Let's just someone drew that on there. A group of 65 bald knobbers paid a nighttime visit to the home and abused his half, quote, half idiotic wife and poor little bareheaded, barefooted, and semi naked girl children. What the fuck? <laughs> 65? Do- what? Are- okay, there's so much in there. Why are they just calling his wife kind of dumb? She's a fucking idiot. She's a fucking idiot. But they're the ones who are like. And then their kids are running around in panty shorts or whatever they got on. Underwear. And they're in their house. And they're naked and they're barefoot in their house. And, they're, and they're dirty, dirty people. <laughs> they're in their house. Little animals. They're in their house. Uh, they killed the family dog and shot into the walls of the poor, miserable log hut in which the people were camped. The fuck the dog do? But then things went even further with the bald knobbers. They went from chasing off criminals to being the moral police. Oh, God. Historian Elmo Engelthron, quote, hey, hey. Engelthron. His first name? Uh, Elmo, Elmo. Elmo? Elmo Engelthron. No, 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 don't tickle me. <laughs> Nobody tickle me. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Elmo, love it. Oh, God. <laughs> Fuck. Quote, bald knobbers went about switching people they thought ought to work harder or ought to support their families better. See, now it's opinion. In other words, they became judge, jury, sheriff, and everything, and social worker, and sometimes uh, did good. But what happens, you get people involved, and they get old grudges, and if some fellow had homesteaded a piece of land, and his neighbor wanted it, and his neighbor was a bald knobber, he could get the group to run him out. Yeah. Well, it's like police. Yeah. They also got in the middle of domestic situations, dragging Horace Johnson from his home and beating him with sticks because he was, quote, shiftless. His name's Horace? Horace. Horace. I was going to say, maybe they were fucking with his wrong end. (laughs) (laughs) He fucked with the wrong end of Horace. So they beat him because he was shiftless and too lazy to support his family. That'll help you support your family. (laughs) Break one of his legs. That'll teach him to get a job right there. That'll show him how to work somewhere. Break his leg. Limit his options. A man was even warned that he had built a fence in a place the bald knobbers didn't like. I don't like where your fence is, fuckface. Hey, fence man! Take your fence down. Hey, we go, but I like to peel the fence wherever I like. You do not, bald knobbers say. We will get your goddamn fence. You've been bald now! 
barbed. <laughs> Bushy pops. Sometimes a bald knobber would be arrested and the group would help him. One bald knobber was to be tried for felony assault. But the main witness, the son-in-law of now ex-sheriff John Mosley, was warned out. And if they wanted property, well, they got it. They grabbed Edward Tuttle and kept him prisoner for a day and night. They said they were going to hang him uh, and forced, uh, to force him to make out a will. He then promised to sell his farm and leave the county immediately, and they let him go. Jesus. Tuttle sold his farm at a considerable loss and moved quickly. Well, he didn't understand how the market worked or what? <laughs> Uh, as part of their moral crusade, Captain Kinney decided to start the first Sunday school in Tanny County. Oh, good. The Cogburn boys were among his students. The bald knobbers said the boys just scoffed at the teachings, while the Cogburns said they didn't see religion in someone who hanged men without trial, shot many more to death anonymously, and just considered himself with the sins of others. Well, Dave, well, we all know. Are sort it, of spot on. If history is taught as anything, mm-hmm. there's no room for that sort of thought there. Agreed. Yeah. You can't, you can't say things like that. Uh, it's like when people object to war, the pushback is that you don't support the troops. Right. Who, and you're like, no, I'm no, trying to tell you. I would not die. I'm trying to say that I support them so much. They don't want them to die. I don't die. want them to die. And they're yeah. like, how can you not have their back in the field? And you're like, again. I don't know what you're talking about. I have their back. I support them. Yes. I hate what people have made them do. Yeah. Let's get them back and not do this again. Well, you hate America. Yeah, that's pretty much exactly it. Okay. One day, Captain Kinney found hanging in his church a little coffin and a piece of paper. Sorry. <laughs> it's great. You're supposed to kiss under it, right? <laughs> not the rule. It's the kissy coffin. Yeah. And a piece of paper with a sketch of a skull and crossbones. Also a note made out to old Kinney. With pizen and death written on it. Pizen? P-I-Z-E-N. Did Snoop Dogg write it? Though someone illiterate wrote it, it was supposed to be poison. Poison? Poison? Pizen! We're going to pizen you, boy! We're going to make you dig pizen! <laughs> and once you dig the pizen, you're going to dry. Wait, are you going to pee on me? No! You're going to gonna dink pizen. I'm going to... Dink all the piss. I'm not gonna drink piss. No, the pit, not piss, not piss, the pitten. Okay, you're gonna drink, drink the pitten. Okay, I'm gonna, and then you're gonna dry. Okay, I'm not gonna dry and they, off. And they're gonna, gonna burn you six foot over. Okay, I'm just gonna leave. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna walk away. That want to dink the pitten? No, I don't want to. Cow or painter? No, I don't want to. Either I don't want to paint anything. I don't what? want to cower. Uh, what did what did what did word? Uh, oh, I got a stroke in my brain. Sometimes I feel like my brain is a prison. <laughs> also, like the idea, you don't need the note. You've already hung a coffin. No, you did you your put job. A sketch. Yeah. Look, we get it. Yeah, it's sketch, it's coffin, very, it's all good. You're hitting the drum. We understand you're beating the same drum. And then and then uh, they wrote the note, and then inside the note they wrapped buckshot just to, you know. I think they're threatening I me. I feel like with the coffin and the drawing and the note with my name on it that says pison and death and the buckshot that they have made a point. I mean, the only thing that's making me feel like I might be okay is that the word pison is in there and nobody knows no what that is. No one knows what pison is. So that is the only redeeming quality. 
Andrew Cogburn then wrote a song. <laughs> oh, 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 yes. Titled The Ballad of the Bald, Bald Knobbers. Oh, my God. It was to be sung to the tune of the popular song, My Name is, is Charles Gatou. Oh, I mean, I don't, I don't know now that, that you say that, I'm not going to be able to get it out of my I head. Know, I don't know that song. There is one bald knobber whose name I will expose. His name is Nat and Kenny, and he wears his federal clothes. He tries to boss the people and make them do his will. There's some that does not fear him, but others mind him still. Ha! Take that, motherfucker! That is actually... Right up your asshole! That, uh, That's actually not a bad song. It's pretty, it's, I could see, like... You can sort of see, you know, it's, big glasses of ale being swung as you sing that. I know, but it doesn't sound like they're giving him shit. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It's, yeah. Then Andrew Cogburn got drunk one evening and was seen outside the church with a rifle. Captain Kinney was told Cogburn was down there, and he walked down the road to meet him. Kinney then crept stealthily up to the church and shot Cogburn dead as he stood in the doorway. Okay, interesting. Kinney was arrested and tried. The jury was made up of bald knobbers, and he was acquitted. <sighs> Jesus Christ. Now the bald knobbers were becoming exactly what they had been formed to stop. The murder of Cogburn gave those who opposed the bald knobbers the courage to stand up. They formed an opposition group, which would follow the laws of the state. Sixty men signed on to the militia. They wrote a petition to the governor, quote, Tandy County is now enjoying a reign of terror from the band of men organized under the name of bald knobbers who ride about the county at night and terrorize good citizens, many of whom have been compelled to abandon their homes and flee from the county to save their lives. The opposition gave themselves a name. Uh, I mean, it's going to be ridiculous. If they're the opposite of bald knobbers, the hairy pussies? Yes. How did you know? <laughs> I've actually seen a doc yeah. on this. Um, no, they call themselves the anti-bald knobbers. <laughs> oh, my God. What? <laughs> really hit that one on the nose. Yeah. That almost seems pro-bald knobber. Like, you, if you call yourself, like, anti-Al-Qaeda, you're almost getting that name out there. You know, that's any publicity is good publicity. Oh, fuck. They thought about a him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The next day, Kenny and several other bald knobbers came to the village of Forsyth, and Kenny shouted, We have spotted all of you who have met to form a militia. Revenge is ours, and we will have it. That is from the bald knobbers. Yeah. So there's still, but aren't they, like, at this point, they sound kind of like the religious sopranos. Yeah, like, pretty much. So the what revenge what did they they've they're the people who are fucking well, going to get revenge for the people who are fucking with them <laughs> okay but that's we're trying to stop them from doing right, but their that's not yeah thang. okay so, right doing okay. their thing right okay gotcha right the governor called on general james jameson the commander of missouri the man who would only be named james or sort of james james or different james sort of names all right jimmy jam james jameson is here here yes hello everyone Please call me Jimmy, call me James, call me Jambo, call me Jay, whatever you want. Don't call me anything outside of that, though. Jammy? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> okay, get the sorry. Get, you your said, sword. get the fuck you out of here. Fair, fair. You mock fair, me. Fair. Call me Jimbo. Boy, she pops. Boy, she pops indeed, don't she? Uh, so he was the commander of Missouri's militia forces, and he was sent to deal with the bald knobbers. Jameson had been a gold prospector in California, then went to Nicaragua, where he fought under William Walker. <laughs> After that failure, he came back to Missouri. What failure you speak of, David? <laughs> fought the Confederacy. 
Okay, so hot off of that. Yeah, hot right. off of that fucking nightmare. Right. Uh, when Jameis arrived in Taney County, he immediately called for the disbandment of the bald knobbers. Well, that ought to do it. He said if they just ceased their activities, the state would let bygones be bygones. But if they kept it up, then the militia would take care of business. Okay. The My bald... guess is the bald knobbers are like, come and take care of business. The bald knobbers stood down. Yeah. Wait, they stood down? They stood down. Wow. 500 people met in Forsyth and drafted resolutions to put an end to the vigilante group. Then a month later, one of Kenny's former bald knobber bodyguards, George Washington Wash Middleton. What? I just liked the nickname. Wash? Wash. Hey, George, can you get this stain out? Also, his parents named him George Washington. Yeah. (laughs) That's the best. Uh, he came across Samuel Snap on a road. Oh, Snap! Snap! They were both drunk. Uh, the best time. That's when you do it. Yep, that's when you... I always find that's when you can settle things. If, if, the, if, the, if the lead-up phrase is they were both drunk, something horrible always happens. I don't know about that. They might write a great catchy song like we just heard. Okay, fair. Snap started singing the anti-ball knobber song. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Middleton said that it was, quote, a nice song for a bushwhacker to sing. Uh, and Snap replied, you bet your boots. Oh, my God. How dare he? And kept on riding. What? Yep. After an insult like that? So Middleton shot him and killed him. All right. They Middle- didn't believe in escalation nope. this time, right? Nope. It was just sort of like. Straight to didn't it. Didn't like the way you looked at me. Normally, there would be like, hold my jacket. Like, mm-hmm. now you'd be like, hold my jacket. Come on, bitch. Let's go outside. I'll show you what the fuck to do. Show you what is. Yeah. But then they would just be like, hmm. Mm-hmm. Guy told me to bet his boots. I'll take his life. Life gone. Uh, he was arrested, uh, but he escaped and fled to Arkansas. Uh, he died eight months later. Cool. He was in a shootout. Obviously. Probably drunk. <laughs> Hopefully. That was the last violence for a while. Two years of peace between bald knobbers and anti-bald knobbers in Taney County followed. Until August 22nd, 1888, there was a Republican rally in the city of Ozark, and Captain Nat Kinney and Bill Miles, an anti-bald knobber, began arguing. Okay. They started to fight and had to be separated. Well, what, what, I mean, what, they, know they know they think of things differently. What could they, you know? Bad blood, man. Crips, <laughs> okay. and, crips and blood, you know what I'm saying? I hear you, dog. Uh, but they weren't done. Later, they fought again, and this time, their guns came out. All right. Kenny was shot in the head. He staggered backwards and fell and lay with his brains and blood forming a pool around him. Oh, God. So he's in bad shape. Yeah. Because his brains are out. Yeah. And it's forming a pool. Yeah. Uh, Bill Miles was fine. (laughs) Bill Miles was fine. The county mourned. Captain Kinney. His funeral procession was estimated to have included over half the town of Forsyth and its surroundings. Bill Miles wasn't new to killing. He killed Sheriff Bronson and Deputy Funk on July 4th, possibly to celebrate the independence of America. I don't Wait, know. they were in the village, people, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay. <laughs> I know Deputy Funk was. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. He carried a base. <laughs> yeah. Did you know that? Yeah, of course I know. Bow, bow, that's, where the, bow. that's where the funk generates. Yeah. He used to say, get on the funk ship. Get on the funk ship. And they'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Get on the funk ship. Come on, y'all. Clap your hands. Get get on the funk ship. Get on the funk ship. Deputy? Woo! 
Yeah. What's up? I'm sorry. It's just you were saying funk ship. Yeah, get on it. Okay. Choo choo funk ship. Yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm a brain. Out of us. Uh, Bill Sreda to the, Bill Sreda the next day after killing Captain Kinney. Everyone was concerned that the bald knobbers would reform and lynch Bill, but no such thing happened. And he was acquitted of the killing of the sheriff, the deputy, and Kinney. Why? Just, the killing? Why? You know, it's just because it was. Well, Kinney, they both had their guns out, so right. I can imagine that. But who knows why he was acquitted of killing the sheriff? Because right, because juries were drunk and nobody, yeah. and you knew everybody. You like whiskey? <laughs> um, the killing of Kinney was the end of the bald knobbers in Tanny County. But not in Christian County. Oh, boy. And things were falling apart within the Bald Knobbers. In 1888, two factions of Bald Knobbers started fighting when one member was arrested for being a cattle thief. Turns out that the faction had stolen over 2,000 cattle in a year in Ozark, Christian, and Tanny Counties. Wow. Another faction claimed another uh, uh, Bald Knobber had been reve- revealing Bald Knobber secrets. More than one member was murdered for snitching to the law. So they're just fucking falling apart. And they're also now just what they, now they're just a gang doing what they formed to stop. Yeah. Right. And they're also, they're just kind of holding on to their golden age. A year later at a meeting, Bull Creek, Dave Walker decided they should destroy the liquor of a bootlegger. But first they were to wait for a report that confirmed he was making liquor. Okay. And they waited and they waited. But the guy did not come with the report. So the meeting was adjourned till the next day. Okay. They were a bit riled up, though. Mm. And since they hadn't been able to make it out and take anyone out, they were kind of itching for something. That's uh, a little not action. Right. Nah. As Just they go headed, home. As, as they headed home, they passed the house of William Edens. Oh, God. A loudmouth who had been speaking against the bald knobbers. Oh, boy. William Edens was the brother-in-law of John Evans. Evans had shown up drunk to service, to church service one Sunday. Okay. And afterwards, he went home and shot his pistol into the air while he swore. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck shit, son of a bitch, twat, piece of cock, dick, face, fuck, mother shit, piece of piss, crap, asshole. He's like a, he's like the, the real guy from a Patton Oswalt bit. Yeah. Uh, so the bald knobber. Great, what a great day, though. I know this dude went to church, shit faced, came home, just shot his gun and cussed. A fucking awesome day. That's pretty good. If you can't do that in the fucking hill country, where I'm can out. you do? Yeah, it? where can you do that? So the bald knobbers came to whip him, and when they did, he was with his brother-in-law William e- Edens. William tried to stop them, and he himself received a beating before Dave Walker finally told the bald knobbers to stop. So. Edens and his family for months had, quote, been talking again us. Sorry, talking again us. About the beer Guinness? Talking again us. Against you. That's right. That's okay. I said. Again us. Talking again. Huh? Talking again. Against you. Right. And now Walker and his group were at his house and decided he needed a good beating. I understand that we're all thinking the same thing, which is that you went to this man's house, beat him and his brother, and then he just talked shit about you, Mm -hmm. about what you did. Yeah. So now your solution to show him is to beat him. Yeah, you get us. Right. You get us, so we're going to get a little more time. 
Sorry, he is against you, and he's going to get a little bonesome for him. Okay. Well, I can tell that you, you, go, you want to hurt him. Yeah, that's what I said. It's not, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> you can bring, it'd be great if you could bring a guy like that in today. Again. Uh, again. Again. Oh, but sadly, William wasn't home. So the group decided to go to his dad, James's house. This is really, this is, you're drunk. <laughs> like, you have to be drunk to be honest. Bill's not here at school at Jimmy's. Well, you know, we wouldn't have happened if he didn't come out of his dad. If he's not home, then punch him more. He's a gimmick. James' house was full of relatives because one of the girls in the family was sick and they were all taking care of her. Oh, what a good time to stop by to beat the fuck out of someone. The bald knobbers rushed the home and shattered the front door with a railroad tie. William Edens, you know what that is? I'm guessing it's not what the conductor wears. It's the piece of wood, you know, like a, the piece it, of wood underneath. Sure, it's part rails. of the track. Yep. Right. William Edens was standing in the middle of the room, and he was immediately shot and killed. Jesus Christ. A scared James Edens reached for his pistols, but the bald knobbers saw him and shot first, hitting him in the head. He fell dead in his daughter-in-law's lap, who was then shot. Their son-in-law was then shot, and his wife was yanked from her bed, and her clothes set on fire. Then a man shot at her, taking off one of her fingers. What is with the finger shooting? It's just what they're good at. It's one of their things. Okay. Finger shooters form up. She pulled off his mask and got a good look at him. Right then, Dave Walker yelled for all the bald bald knobbers to get out because they weren't supposed to be shooting. This was just a trip to beat up Bill. (laughs) Guys, guys, guys! (laughs) Over the top! Over the top! Over, Over the top! Holy shit! Uh, the daughter survived, and she identified William Walker, a known bald knobber, as her assailant. But when she had to point, she was only yeah, able to use a knob. it was just knob. a stub. The sheriff arrested four It was men. that man there. The, which one? I'm sorry. Him right there. Okay, which that one? That man right there. Can you use... The one I'm pointing at. Right. Can you use the finger that... Oh, sorry. Right. That man there. <laughs> Thank you. There he is. Him. Uh, the sheriff arrested four men, and then he arrested all of the gang, all of the bald, knob, bald knobbers... And tried them for unlawful assembly. So he's got all the bald numbers in jail now yeah. in Christian County. These were many of the best citizens of the county. Oh, Jesus. Because of the notoriety of the vigilante groups, this trial was a national story. The courtroom was full of big city newspaper men. Okay. The relatives of bald knobbers packed the courtroom in a purposeful attempt to make it hot so everyone would be miserable. I don't know what. That's such a weird. I don't know what strategy that was. Well, it's like the <laughs> hey, lamest hey, terrorism. We're going to make it super hot in there. You know what we'll I mean? We'll all go in there, and okay. our temperature will make it Whoa. more unbearable yeah. than it originally was. I quit it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they don't convict anybody if it's over 100 degrees. That's right. Well, they, they, they do. They but don't. Still, they it'll don't. be don't very they, un- they will be hot. hot. They'll be hot. Pro-bald knobber demonstrations were held on the courthouse lawn, where a lot of them were camped because they couldn't find a hotel. In the end, almost all the bald knobbers were given just a $50 fine, except Dave Walker and his son William and John Matthew and his son Wiley Matthew. They were convicted of murder and given death sentences. Wow. William Walker It's got to be pretty awkward when you're saying goodbye and be like, yeah, well... It's going to be hard to come up with that 50 bucks. I'll it tell is. You that. It's definitely. All right. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. I'll see Take you. Take care, man. Catch you around.
I'll be fine. Bye bye. No, you. That'll be good. Okay. William Walker was baptized in jail before uh, his day of execution. Mm. At the gallows, religious services were held, and the noose was put on. The same went for his father, Dave Walker, and their fellow Baldenauber, John Matthews. Not Wiley Matthews, because he had escaped. Okay. Well, I mean, you knew when he got involved, his name was Wiley. You got to keep an extra eye on him. He escaped in a mattress. Yeah. Why? Yeah, Wiley fucking. He escaped in a mattress. He escaped in a mattress. <laughs> what? He just. He escaped in a mattress. What? <laughs> he just like put on a mattress and then was like, "Well, I'm gonna get out of here. I'm just a mattress." And the guy's like, "Go ahead. <laughs> get on out, boy. You clearly ain't a prisoner. You just a mattress, and you're free to go." Oh, shit. Um, So uh, they were hung at 10 p.m., although it didn't go that smooth. The ropes broke, and they fell to the ground. That's so awkward. All of them. All of them? William broke his legs. Oh, God almighty. Then they set it all up again, and they were hung at 10.10, but that didn't work either. What happened? Instead of their necks breaking, they just swung, struggling and writhing Choking to death slowly. Is that not the Dave desired Walker's effect? Feet, Dave Walker's feet were on the ground. I can actually touch a little bit. I, I don't mean to be a dick, but I can touch. I guess I'll just... I just won't put any... Please put... Yeah. I won't put any weight on my feet. Well, put, put your legs up. Okay, I'll lift them, them up like... Yeah, like that. See? That. I'm going to put them... Yep. If I put... If I put See, him, his instinct is to put his feet if down. If I lift I think my we, legs up, I'm going to die. Shut up for a second. Okay. I think his instinct is to actually put his feet down. So we right. need to figure out a way to... Get around that. Okay. Oh, I know. What time is it? I'm dead. Oh, (laughs) that was easy. Yeah. Uh, Finally, after about 50 minutes, they all died of strangulation. But so I I understand the desired effect is to break the neck and then you make it quicker. But still, I mean, they're going to fucking die, right? Yeah. I mean, clearly. They die. They are going to die. We're all going to die, Dave. But that was the end of the bald knobbers. It was? Yeah. Okay. The Sacramento Day Union reported the bald knobbers were back in action in 1890, this time in Douglas County. Oh, it wasn't the end of the bald knobbers. Well, men were warned off. Some refused to go and had their homes burned. Others fought back. Any mob violence or attack was blamed on the bald knobbers for years to come. But in truth, after the hanging, the groups was pretty much done. Although their descendants of the bald knobbers and the descendants of the anti-bald knobbers remain enemies for generations. Really? There was so still they, like might, they might still be... Enemies, they might still be enemies. Yeah, the bald. Not, they, they might be like, I don't know why but we. Do we hate know? The, any... I don't know why we hate the Gleasons, but oh, it's like that. Yeah, it's like one of those fucking. Just it one just of those... continued on for generations. Right. One of those archaic things that we've held on to for no particular reason other than to just be angry over. Don't nonsense. know if one no reason. I told you they again us. Anyway, again us. Those are the well. How do you feel? I mean, I feel like it is always very surprising um, to me how I have no idea of any of this. (laughs) (laughs) That's not a very well-known one. Like, that's so crazy, though. Yeah. It's completely insane. There were a lot of vigilante groups. Why couldn't – why couldn't – if in high school – it was shit like this they would teach you. Right? Kids there's, would be there's, so into it. Because there's, there are rele- there's totally relevant undertones in all of this yeah, stuff. Yeah, you could, you could teach this story. But and this then is in between, you could, you could describe how the South were Democrats yeah. and the North were Republicans. And you yeah. could weave it all in. Yeah. Yeah, but they don't, they don't know how to do it. Well, that. Dave, if this all doesn't work out, I think you've got a bright future as a history teacher. Oh, no doubt. That's I'm where you make that fuck you. shit out you of make, children. Oh, Jesus. 
Mr. Anthony? I'm going to put on a mask now and teach you some stuff Mr. about Mr. Missouri. Mr. Anthony, can I go to the bathroom? No, you cannot. I already did in my chair. You're going to die. That's lunch. Uh, well. All right. Bald uh, nobbing. You can go to uh, the dollop on Twitter. Uh, you can go to the dollop on Facebook. Uh, if you go to the Facebook account, you can find our link to Amazon Affiliates, which uh, if you then go shop on Amazon, uh, we get a little taste, a little cut. So, so you just uh, if you're going to shop on Amazon, you just put that in and then... Yeah, you hit the link and then you go shopping and then we get like mm. a small percentage. Mm. Just free money. Um, and then uh, the Patreon, which, as I said... It, Every time I tell people, the amount goes down. Yeah. Well, actually, this is what you do. So if you're donating on Patreon, end the podcast. Stop right now. Stop the podcast. Okay. Hey, people who aren't on Patreon, if you would like to donate on Patreon, uh, we um, appreciate that. I mean, some people do. Some people are still coming in and donating, but it seems like more people are going the other way. Well, I don't. I mean, maybe it's time we stop plugging the Patreon. <laughs> With it, the only podcast that promotes it and then lose? Is that how this works? I think so. Uh, And uh, we have a Facebook page, and there's also a Reddit, a subreddit uh, for the dollop. I think that's uh, it. Please go to iTunes, uh, leave a review, put a little five stars down there. That helps us out quite a bit. Subscribe. Subscribe to that shiznit. Tell people. Uh, And then we're, uh, and then I know that Google Play is. I think they have set up a, a podcast thing, and we will we will be a part of that very soon. I just have to set up one of the many things I have to do that I don't have time for. Thanks, everybody. Goo, 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 goo. That's our sign out. No, it's not. Hey there, people listening to the dollop. Uh, this is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. I listen. I have a new podcast called "We're Here to Help" that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun. Half Hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it. After it. Let's see you there.